Welcome to another edition of Bible Reading Today. Glad you've joined us. We're continuing our study out of the book of Romans about assurance of salvation. And this is Lesson 7. If you haven't yet listened to Lessons 1 through 6, I would encourage you to do that. Things will make a lot more sense when you study this in sequence. So let me just encourage you to check those out if you haven't already done that. Now, as we learned in our last lesson, all who put their faith in Jesus have a sure and certain hope, and that is final glorification with Jesus in heaven. That's eternal life, in other words. And you'll remember that in the Bible, hope isn't like the hope that the world promises. In this present world, we say we hope for many things, but we know that when we say we hope, that there are no promises that we're actually going to receive the things that we hope for. For example, I might say, well, I I hope it won't rain today, but it might. Or I hope I get a pony for my birthday, but I probably won't. Christian hope isn't like that. Christian hope is anticipation, waiting in the certainty that we're surely going to receive the thing that's been promised to us that we are hoping for. So when the text tells us in verse 2 that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, it isn't suggesting that our eventual glorification, our life in God's presence forever, it isn't suggesting that that is something tentative. It is, in fact, telling us that our eventual glorification is a certainty. And that's why the thought is continued in verse 5 of Romans 5. The word says, This hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, this is a plain statement that the hope of eternal life with God that we have is not uncertain of fulfillment. Everyone who puts faith in Jesus receives the Holy Spirit. We're told this in Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14. And the result is that our inheritance of eternal life with God is guaranteed. Listen to Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Then eternal life is surely yours. But how does God do this? How can it be that sinful men and women such as we are can be counted worthy enough to receive eternal life? Well, Romans 5 through 8 gives us the answer by describing to us the mechanism through which God has achieved this, and by answering objections to the doctrine raised by those who doubt. The explanation begins in 5.12 and continues through many theological principles that some people scratch their head and wonder at. And they ask, do we really need this theology? Do we have to go into this detail? Isn't it enough for us to know the simple things? Well, the answer is, do you want to be sure of your salvation? Our certainty is based on theological truths that are unpacked in these chapters. So listen up. The first principle we're taught is that God has put us into union with Jesus Christ, his son. Now, the text proves this 
by citing a parallelism between our first forefather Adam and our Savior Jesus. These two are representative men. Our theologian friends say that they are federal heads of the race. And what that means is that whatever happens to one of them happens to all who are in him as well. Now, an example might help us understand. My surname is McQuaid. That's Irish. So I must be from Ireland, right? But I've never been to Ireland. So how did I end up here in America? Well, I came here in my ancestor, Patrick McQuaid, in the 18th century. When Patrick McQuaid came to America, I came with him. His history is my history. What happened to him is my inheritance. Now, in just that same way, every one of us begins our life in Adam. We're sons and daughters of Adam, so that means that whatever was Adam's experience is also our experience by inheritance. That inheritance is described in Romans 5.12. It says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. In other words, all of us by nature have inherited Adam's disease, sin. And this is proven by the fact that all men everywhere are subject to death. Death is the penalty for sin. And since all men die, it must inescapably be true that all men are sinners. And that is where we all begin. We are sinners by nature, subject to the penalty of sin, which is death, both physical and spiritual. Sounds pretty hopeless, doesn't it? But in the next lesson, we'll learn how this same principle works in reverse for everyone who is in Christ Jesus. Let me thank you once again for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a blessed day.